Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, welcome back to Car Stuff. I am Ben Bolin. Ben, the Birdman of Atlanta. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Maybe. Anyways, uh, and I'm, I'm Scott Benjamin. Hey Scott. Hey. Uh Scott's making making uh fun of me just a little bit because uh of some my checkered past with parrots, I guess that's off air banter. Off air banter. Yeah. Uh which has little to do with <laughs> the podcast yeah. that we have here. Very little. Yeah. Um so Scott, let's open this with a let's do a little backwards. We have an email from our good buddy Logan, uh mm. who said he's from the petroleum capital of the world, Houston. Okay. He said we could also say he's from the internet okay. if we want. That sounds cool. So uh, this guy did us a huge favor, Scott. He writes to us and he says, hi, guys. Uh, I just listened to your jet-powered podcast, and I have to correct you on some things that were misstated. Grossly oh, no. misstated. Gr- yeah. Oh, grossly misstated. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, albeit, he says, not your fault is there common misconceptions for those not working in the petroleum industry and sadly even inside it. I feel slightly better. I feel slightly better too. And, you know, he's really nice about this. And Logan's an expert, Scott. This, this email is pretty long and we were reading it and it got us thinking about an idea we had kicked around before. Now, uh, what we're going to do for this episode is instead of reading Logan's listener mail at the end, we're going to talk about how that crude oil becomes somehow the gasoline that we use to power cars and we're going to refer to some of the things this expert has said okay uh now and then you know, okay now i'm a little bit nervous um i think that uh, this will probably this will probably prompt another long email from logan but um <laughs> hopefully we'll get all this right we're going to we're going to kind of follow along through our article here about yes. um we've got an article called how oil refining works mm-hmm. and it kind of takes us through that process ben right from crude oil all the way to gasoline um you know other other materials that are made from crude oil. And yes, actually, there's yeah. quite, a, quite a few. That's an excellent point, Scott, because as we know, 
the crude oil that you hear about in news stories or in economic reports, it's much more than just gasoline mm-hmm. that's produced, right? Yeah, yeah you can make uh, – I mean, what, what else can you make? You make diesel fuel. Yeah. You can make kerosene. Sure. Uh, it, can, it becomes LP gas at a certain point, right? You know, well, yeah, um, yeah. Natural uh, gas. Um, there's also – you can use the products to make things like crayons and plastics. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can make just about any – I mean, really – a lot of a lot of surprising items come from crude oil. Yes, of which gasoline is one. Yeah, jet fuel, mm-hmm. heating oil, mm-hmm. um, and just a lot of plastics and um, I don't just there's there's a ton of different things that, that can be made from crude oil um, in one way or another. Yeah, and crayons are by, by far my my favorite. Yeah, left field uh, petroleum product there. So. As we walk through this, we're just going to go along with some of the stuff in the article. So what do we mean when we say crude oil, Scott? Uh, crude oil is, uh, well, it's oil that's being pumped out of the ground, or um, sometimes it's uh, it's forced out of the ground. Mm-hmm. We, we'll, lean, we'll learn about that in just a little bit. But um, a lot of times it comes out of rocks or sand. Uh, it's not always just, you know, the liquid form that you see gushing to the surface, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. when... Jed Clampett shoots the uh, side of the hill, the hillside, and it comes bubbling. bubbling yeah, exactly. It's I love not. That song. It's not. Uh, it's not just that way. Um, there's a lot of different methods for extracting it from different materials, and, mm-hmm. and you know we'll mention some of these later. Um, but it, it's it, the thing is, it can be completely different depending on where you are in the world. Yes, and not all crude oil is created equally. No, no. Some of it comes out almost like water and it's real light in color mm-hmm. or it could be really dark in color. It could be, you know, different so all these different viscosities, all these mm-hmm. different uh, different color ranges um, and different grades and kind of what you have to do to get, you know, the material that you're looking for out of that that's there's a lot of chemistry involved. A lot of chemistry, a lot of technology, a lot of expensive machinery. Mm-hmm. That uh, that's put to use to get exactly what you want out of that material. Now, these uh, crude oils are useful because they contain a little something called hydrocarbons. Mm-hmm. Now, hydrocarbons, I hope this is not a Shyamalan-style plot twist for anyone, are so named because they contain both hydrogen and carbon. Oh, man, you're blowing me away. I'm blowing you away. Yeah, so anyways, they've got a lot of car- there's a lot of carbon in these things, yeah. right? Now carbon actually the carbon, if you want to break it down by uh the components of, of crude oil, uh carbon is about eighty four percent of what of what you'll find. A hydrogen is fourteen percent, then then it gets down to like, you know, items that are one percent or less. So you're mm-hmm. talking about sulfur, nitrogen, oxygen, there's even metals in there, there's salts in there. Um so there's a lot of um material that you don't necessarily want in crude oil. That is is there. How do you get it out? Ah, yes. Well, to get it out, what you need to do is refine it or mm-hmm. uh, distill it. Now, when you start refining oil, you start with what's called a fractional distillation column. Okay. And so, a fractional uh, distillation column is our way of our way of sort of breaking down the hydrocarbons. Oh, I, I should mention, right? We should mention that there are different types of hydrocarbons, too. I totally skipped See, that part. This gets more and more complex, Ben. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Yeah, we've got we Logan's can, help we, here. We can do it. All right. So uh, so we've got the uh, different hydro, hydrocarbons here. Let's, let's go back here. We've got, um, for instance, the smallest hydrocarbon is methane. Okay. Right? Everybody knows methane. It's gas. It's lighter than air. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's also... Uh, there are what are called paraffins. Okay, now when we're talking about these hydrocarbons, we're uh, 
also talking about um, – That's kind of waxy, right? Yeah. We're talking about – yeah, these can be gases or liquids at room temperatures, just depending on the specific example. Or even – I think there's even some solids, right? Mm, yes. Then there are aromatics, uh, cycloalkenes, uh, and then alkenes. Uh, there, these, these hydrocarbons have uh, different properties, different lengths. Different chain lengths, right? Yes, different chain lengths. And uh, by combining these, by cross-linking the chains, if you will, we can create everything, I think, to quote our article, everything from synthetic rubber to the plastic and Tupperware. Okay, so there's the natural occurring elements, right? Right. I, mean, you can, or I don't know if an elements is the right way to say that or not, but natural occurring substances, substances that come from these with different numbers of, of carbon atoms, mm-hmm. and then there's carbon chains, mm-hmm. and then if you combine carbon chains that aren't necessarily normally together in nature – you create synthetics. Is that right? Yes. Okay, got it. And the, I'm the, following along so far. The deal with the crude oil is that when it comes straight out of the tap, when mm-hmm. Jed Clampett shoots shoots it and it's bubbling up, it's uh, containing hundreds of different types of car- hydrocarbons that are all sort of mixed together like vegetables in a salad. It's uh, a toss-up. Well, sounds great. So how do you uh, <laughs> how do you separate these things? That's the that's the thing. Now you mentioned fractional distillation. Is that right? Yes. Is that what the name of it was? I believe. Yes. That was uh, fractional distillation column. Okay. Excellent point, Scott. So what we do is uh, we count on the boiling points of these hydrocarbons because different hydrocarbon chain lengths will have different boiling points. Oh, okay. So now this to me this this part of this whole thing mm-hmm. is what makes the most sense out of this all This intuitive, of this. right? Yeah, because um I'm not a chemist, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell from what we're talking about here, but um I, I'm not a chemist, but I do understand the separation idea. I can mm-hmm. I can get this when I look at especially when I look at the the article that we have on site because it's uh and it's very clear. I mean, there's a this barrel of crude oil. It mm-hmm. passes through a boiler, which uh, which superheats. You know, the, it's superheated steam, really, that heats, yeah. the, heats the crude, and then that passes over into this distillation column, which you can actually go to a refinery and you can see these columns outside. I mean, you can you can see these uh, these tall, relatively narrow columns, uh, and that's where they're they're distilling the crude oil, and they're making different products from that. Like, and if you and if you think about this. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the steam or the vapor that forms, as it rises through that column, it's kind of like a series of channels or, or levels. Mm-hmm. And it, each one, you know, the, it's allowed to pass through. It's not, it's not completely wide open. It's got these, uh, these different channels or levels built in or, or steps or, or I mean, maybe Almost trays. Like trays. Trays maybe a better way to say it. And um, at each level, you know, each one kind of finds its own level as to where it, where the vapor will begin to condense. Mm-hmm. And way down at the bottom, like stuff that's residual, you know, that's the heavy stuff, of course. Yes, yeah, so solids. As you move up, you know, you get the, the like the heavy gas oil, mm-hmm. um, then you get the lubricating oils, and then there's the gas oil or diesel, then kerosene, gasoline, um, naphtha, I think is the name of that mm-hmm. one, and then, and then another type of gas at the top. Um, and those are all separated by the number of carbons. Now, the less, the ones with the less amount of Carbon atoms rise to the very top. The ones with the most amount of carbon atoms, or carbon atoms rather, mm-hmm. are the heavier ones, and they remain near the bottom. But they're all separated in these channels and these these sections. And I can see where it's it's actually very easy to separate them this way. Yes, and we have in our article we have the uh, a little bit of an inf- uh, a little bit of I guess a bullet point list of the information about each of these 
types of products from the distillation process here, mm-hmm. uh, including their boiling range, which, oh, is, yeah. which is key here. So uh, I found that really interesting. It is really interesting. And let's let, let's let Logan weigh in here as we move closer toward uh, gasoline, because he said something here that I really, I really enjoyed, uh, and I hope the listeners enjoy it too. Gasoline is a generic term for anything that finishes distilling between 430 degrees Fahrenheit and contains a plethora of different hydrocarbons, naphthalenes, iso, or that would be isooctanes, uh, normal paraffins, aromatics, and olefins, and will flash at room temperature. So gasoline, uh, despite some people's misconception, and, and luckily this one wasn't ours, mm-hmm. uh, gasoline is, is almost a generic term. It's, it's more of an umbrella term, rather. Okay, and then I noticed that uh, diesel, which, you know, here's one thing that you and I talked about. I don't yeah. know if this is a time to get into it or not, but okay. I, think, I think it seems right here. Okay. Um, g- gasoline and diesel are actually separated by kerosene. That's kind of it. Kerosene's kind of in the middle. And a lot of times when people think, like, well, why don't we just, you know, why don't we let, here in the States, Sure. There's this whole. I'm going to have to go oh, back yeah, a little bit here. Oh yeah, let's do this. Let's so do this. We've is talked kinda, about this. This kind of taking a different direction, but you got to follow me on this one just for just for a moment, and I promise we'll get back into the uh, the distillation and everything. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at the Home Depot you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is, with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details the home depot how doers get more done oh such a clutch pickup dave i know right i was worried we'd bring back the same team oh no i meant those blackout motorized shades mvp of the room blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds hard to install no, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations 
questions that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Can I ask the question? And refining. Sure. The question that we hear often is, uh, hey, guys, everybody in Europe's got diesel fuel. Why don't we have more diesel fuel in the United States? It's better. That's a fantastic voice, by the way. That, uh, that is not based on uh, anybody except one of my cousins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he does sound that way. Got it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the, the question is, like, why, you know, why don't we just have more diesel burning cars here, right? And it's a reasonable question. Well, when we do, we're, we're starting to get more and more here. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of clean diesels, you mm-hmm. know, from uh, Mercedes and Volkswagen. Um, but the, the reason is that, you know, we're not, we're, in the United States here, we're set up to refine gasoline more so than we are diesel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't think it's really something you can switch overnight. And I'm sure Logan can chime in on this, you know, on his own here uh, you know, later. But, um, I've I've always heard that you know that we've we're set up more for gasoline here in Europe. They're more set up to um, to refine diesel fuel, and that's an intentional and, setup. And you know you get both out of a out of a barrel of crude oil. I understand that, but the way that I mean the way that you um, I, I, get, I guess get a better yield of gasoline or diesel mm-hmm. is the what is what you do with the, the gasoline or, or rather what you do with the, the byproducts afterwards. Um, you can you can further refine what's left over in order to get out more of what you're looking for. So right. in Europe, I think they're they're more set up to um, further to further refine, you know, the, the leftovers from this crude oil process to, you know, gather more diesel fuel. And here in the states, I guess we're we're set up to gather more gasoline. We're trying to get a, a higher yield of gasoline out of every barrel of oil. And also, this is. Uh, one last point on our, si- on our sidebar here. Uh, one thing that you and I have mentioned is that having a much larger population of diesel-fueled cars could become a careful what you wish for situation because, as we know, the diesel price can fluctuate. Yeah, and you know it, it goes way high here in the states. It could, I mean, it could stay high, mm-hmm. and then you've got a diesel fuel vehicle that, that stays high. And the other thing is, you know, the other thing that we hear: why don't they just build diesel uh, refineries? Why don't we just build a refinery that's you know built just for diesel fuel? Why don't we just start building more of those and building less gasoline refineries? Ah, uh, yes. The problem is they literally cost billions and billions and billions of dollars to build. I mean, yeah, they're, it's, they're, not, it's not like making a sandwich. It's it's major <laughs> undertaking, and even you know just to maintain these things is millions and millions of dollars every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something that you can just decide to do and, and do it. It's something that you know has to be really really well thought out and 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 planned for. Yes, and we um, we want that question to sort of stay in people's minds. We hope that we're we're addressing a little bit uh, more about it. And as you said, we are excited to see more diesel vehicles uh, coming out in the United States, and diesel is becoming more widely available, mm-hmm. you know, as a vehicle option. But, but maybe one of the better options right now for us, because of you know the current situation that we're in, you know, we've got. We're trying to lower the price of fuel. We're trying to increase the efficiency. Increase, of yeah, trying to trying to increase the yield of, from every barrel mm-hmm. of crude oil. Um, we're still burning a lot of gasoline here in the United States, and you know, likewise around the world, really, we're burning a lot of gasoline, diesel, mm-hmm. uh, and just fuel in general. Um, 
I really think the key to this is how they how they handle it after that initial refining process. You know, when they when they try to recombine these hydrocarbons. Ah, they, they, yes. The, the yield issue is the big thing. So then we get to this. This is such an excellent way to segue into this. Great, get uh, me out of this. <laughs> we've got, don't worry, buddy. Uh, we've got uh, the one of the next steps after fractional distillation. Mm-hmm. After we have heated up the crude oil, we've let it vaporize and condense the vapor. We go to another technique: chemical processing. Now this applies to the other the existing fractions, and we use those to make others through the conversion process. Now, what what can this do? On, on a basic level, this can take longer hydrocarbon chains, break them into shorter ones. That's that's a that's a basic example. Mm-hmm. So this would allow a refinery, for instance, to turn diesel fuel into gasoline, depending depending on the uh, demand and for gas. And that's called cracking. Yeah. When you when you take larger hydrocarbons and you break them into smaller pieces, that's called cracking. Mm-hmm. And then we've got also the refineries have to remove the impurities we mentioned before that are already present Mm -hmm. in in crude oil. Mm -hmm. Uh, And once we've got all these fractions, remember earlier we talked about cross-linking hydrocarbons, right? Mm -hmm. That's uh, Once we've got the impurities out, once we have our fractional distillation, our chemical processing, oh, and then the impurities in that order, then we can start combining these various fractions to Uh, create different products. Unification. Ah yes, so that's unification. That's when you're uh, when you're taking smaller pieces and making larger pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then uh, I guess the last one, if you want to just get into it, the chemical processing. The last part would be um, alteration, where you're you're rearranging the hydrocarbons and mm-hmm. making different products out of them. So you know the chemical processing. There's there's more to it than just you know that that one simple step. It's it's there's three steps within that 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 step itself. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to get too deep into that. I don't think. Uh, we'll let Logan maybe explain that. Uh, we yes. should have him on as a special guest. He, in, uh, you know what? He raised the idea. He seems <laughs> like he. I think he might be okay with it. Now, uh, he does have a good point here when we talk about uh, the octane stuff. Uh, oh. And I wanted to read this part out loud. Sure. Octane value does not necessarily correlate to harder to burn. The actual name for the octane value of the fuel is the anti-knock index. And the higher the octane number is, the more compression of fuel can be put through before pre before pre-detonation or knock occurs, meaning it's more likely to still be in a vapor and not in a flame when the spark plugs ignite. Hmm. Okay. Plug ignites it. I, okay. Yeah. All right. Makes sense. Because I always, I, I guess that was my fault. I, I usually say higher octane, harder to burn. That's just uh, that's kind of a simple way I rem- remember it. But um, that's a much more concise way to put that. Thank you, Logan. Oh, uh, don't beat yourself up. That's Scott. right. So, so okay. So here's where we are in the refining process. Yes. Uh, there's four steps in the refining process, basically. Distill, mm-hmm. uh, you convert it through chemical processing, and you treat it, and then you combine it. So that's that, if you want to just make it that simple, yeah. you could do that. Scott, let's dig a little bit deeper uh, into cracking Okay. Notice I'm saying it carefully. Oh, cracking. Cracking. I know why you're saying it carefully because I, I think a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to they're going to hear a, a kind of a buzzword that's been thrown around the news a lot called fracking. Totally different. Thing. That is totally different. And fracking. I mean, just if you want to sure. quickly get this out there, that's a way of of getting natural gas out of the out of the earth, mm-hmm. and uh, it involves um, extracting you know this natural gas from shale rock layers that are way deep inside of the mm-hmm. earth. They're talking like a mile deep. You know, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's, how far down they go. It's, uh, it's where they, they force fluids into the, the shale area, and it, and it pushes the gas 
kind of through these different channels in the rock where it normally wouldn't flow. It, it forces it out of the earth mm-hmm. is what it does. And uh, there's a lot of controversy over this, you know, whether, you know, what exactly what it's doing. But um, if you read some information about fracking, you can find that, you know, they, they generally, you know, they seal the uh, the well with cement. Um, it's they, they do everything they can to protect the groundwater in the area. I don't think there's ever been a case of, of um groundwater contamination due to fracking, um, at least according to the articles that I've read recently. And um, it's, it's a different thing. It's hydraulic fracturing. That's what fracking is, something totally different. That's natural yeah, it's, gas. It's a method of extracting the gas, uh, whereas cracking is a series uh, or a type of uh, – Step in the re- refining process. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned that it's it's uh, you know taking larger hydrocarbons and breaking them into smaller pieces, and and the reason you'd want to do that is because you know of of all of the crude oil that you distill or that you that you refine uh, that initial run through, only forty percent of that distilled crude oil is actually gasoline, something like that. You know, that's a ballpark figure, mm-hmm. but forty percent, and and you know that forty, you know what's remaining can be further distilled. I mean, that's where, you know, you can, that's how you can increase your yield of gasoline. Right. And there are a couple types of uh, cracking. Well, there's more than a couple. Mm-hmm. Here are, a, uh, here's, a, here's a couple. Though. Okay. <laughs> there's uh, thermal cracking. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where you heat large hydrocarbons at high temperatures. And sometimes you have high pressure as well, and that makes them break apart. So a high temperature steam, and when I say high temperature, we're talking 1500 Fahrenheit, 816 Celsius. Whoa. Yeah, hot stuff. Uh, and this would break, for instance, ethane, butane uh, into ethylene, benzene. Uh, these are used to manufacture uh, various chemicals. Now, there's uh, vis breaking, where the residual from the distillation tower is heated. And this is a, a little bit lower temperature, 900 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's cooled with gas oil, and then it's flashed, rapidly burned in a distillation tower. And this process can uh, reduce the viscosity of some heavyweight oils, and this is what makes tar. Oh, okay. And then there's coking. Uh, res- residual from the distillation tower gets heated to temperatures, uh, get, well, it gets heated above 900 degrees, and then it cracks into heavy oil, gasoline, and naphtha. When this process is done, it leaves behind a heavy carbon residue called coke. And the coke is clean from the cokers, and they sell it. Okay, so coke is like, uh, like that's pure carbon, right? It's that's, almost, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's almost completely pure. Hmm. Uh, this is not what goes in your soda, soda drinkers. Don't worry. <laughs> Please don't drink it. Please don't. <laughs> don't even taste. Don't even taste just a little bit of it. <laughs> right. Uh, and then there's um, a catalytic cracking. Now, of course, it's called catalytic cracking because it uses a catalyst to uh, speed up the cracking reaction. So what, what is a catalyst in this point, at this point? Well, the, a catalyst would be something like aluminum hydrosilicate. Uh, so in fluid catalytic cracking, they use a hot, wait for it, fluid catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. Makes uh, so, sense. So when we dig in, this stuff might not be as confusing as it seems. How oh, it is. <laughs> to me, it is Ben. I'm, I, some of the chemistry stuff, uh, I, I get a little bit lost in it. But but the processes, I really do. Once you once you step back and look at it, you understand where they're going with them. Mm-hmm. And one great thing about this article here is that it has some it has some 
very good visual accompaniment. Yeah, you know what? If if you're like me and kind of, you know, after a while your eyes kind of glass over and it's like, oh, I forgot what you just said. I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking about my uh, thinking about my dog or whatever. Yeah. You know, um honestly, like just take a look at the article. A lot of this stuff makes sense when you see it in the in you know, visually laid out the way we have it. I mean, some of these diagrams extremely helpful to me because I, I right away got the distillation. I just I, I understood that right away. Some of the things like, you know, the the uh, unification that we're going to talk about and um mm-hmm. uh, you know, some of the, the like the cracking that you mentioned. Um it, it just some of those things are are much more clear when they're laid out visually. A picture is always worth a thousand words. Yeah, 2000. 2,000 words in, in this, this case. case. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Unification. Yep. Unification, it was mentioned that just a, just a moment ago. That was, uh, that was where you take smaller pieces and you make, you make larger ones out of them. It's yeah, like, kind of opposite of cracking. Makes sense. You're, you're unifying these, uh, these chains. Oh. Um, so, okay. So, <laughs> so, um, the, the major part of the, the major unification process is called catalytic reforming. And what it does is use a catalyst. It's usually platinum or platinum, uh, rhenium mix. And it combines low-weight naphtha into aromatics, which uh, which are used in making chemicals or in blending gasoline. So uh, and one of the crazy things about this is that mm-hmm. the byproduct is hydrogen gas, which is then later used for hydrocracking or, you know, it's sold as hydrogen gas. You could you could just buy hydrogen gas, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. So, you know, those out there who are looking for their fuel cell vehicle fill-up, uh-huh. uh, this is where it comes from. It comes from unification, but it's still through the, you know, you can you can derive it from crude oil, which is kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is that, crazy. You know, you can still get even a little percentage of it, you know, out of, uh, out of actual crude oil. Yeah, that was when we were checking out this article, that was something that was very new to me as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. also not being a case. So the next one, uh, the last little bit here is yeah. alteration. Yeah, alteration is more like a remix. I, I, you know, remember when I went through that phase where I had to describe everything as a gritty reboot? <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to do that this no. time because uh, it doesn't apply. Uh, in alteration, uh, let's see, one common process that we could use to explain this is alkylation. In alkylation, we take compounds that have a low molecular weight, and this would be like propylene or butylene. Uh, and we mix them in the presence of a catalyst like hydrofluoric acid or sulfuric acid, sulfuric acid, excuse me, then uh, this produces a high-octane hydrocarbon. And high-octane hydrocarbons are used in gasoline blends, as we, as we said with Logan's help, uh, to reduce knocking. Okay, so this is what this is where we get into the whole octane issue, right? Right. Okay, so this is uh, this is you can find out how you know a gasoline or, or blended together to reduce knocking and mm. how octane works. We've got a whole article about that. Um, what I find interesting is this rearranging of chains. Yes. Now rearranging of chains. Now this is where we get into um, kind of combining items, and this is I, I think this is where we get into like the synthetics and the uh, the plastics and mm-hmm. you know the blending and and treating different materials and 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 creating things. This is I, I find this maybe the most interesting out of the whole thing. Yeah, this is really where uh, where we start to see some high art in here. Yeah, because you're taking you're taking the fractions, you're taking the leftover bits, mm-hmm. and you can treat and blend these fractions together, as it says in the article, to uh, to, to create different items, right? So you can take yeah. these leftover hydrocarbons, leftover you know the, the carbon atoms, 
and build whatever you want out of them, and well, to a limit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the things that you can you can kind of blend them together to form. You can form jet fuels, you can form diesel fuels, and heating oils and chemicals, and you know things like that. Gasoline, of course, and and all different types of lubricating oils if you want to. But that's stuff that we've already heard about. Mm-hmm. You can also take some of these fractions and build even you know completely different chains. This is where the synthetics come in. Come mm, yes, and you can build. Um, you, you build synthetic rubbers and, and plastics and, you know, anything that, anything that you really, I guess at this point, sky's the limit, right? Yeah. It kind of depends on your, your level of chemistry, uh, prowess. And one thing that was, uh, I have to admit, one thing that was kind of reassuring to me as we learned more about this was that this, uh, the, the common barrel of crude oil, not only is it uh, being used for much more than gasoline, mm-hmm. just typical gasoline in a vehicle, uh, it's also it's also the subject of so much research and, and so many efforts across the globe to find ways to get the maximum energy value and use out of it. You know, it's, uh, it's not as though somebody is saying, well, this part is good for gas and let's throw the rest in a river or mm-hmm. something. And while we have, um, while we have by no means completely closed the door on this science, um, as a matter of fact, I'd argue we're, we're at the opposite stage. It seems like there are increasingly innovative ways to use and combine components of crude oil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. We're trying to squeeze every last drop of every everything we can out of a out of a barrel of crude oil, and uh, I think. I mean, really. I mean, when you look at the list of what we can do with crude oil right now, crayons, man, pretty. It's pretty amazing. Like, yeah, crayons, <laughs> crayons blow you away. I know, but that you know, that's just one small little part of it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. so much you can do with it. Like we said, forty percent is gasoline. Mm-hmm. I don't see why they couldn't even you know start to up that even. I'm sure they do. They just continue to to increase the yield of of crude oil, um, but they're doing the same thing in Europe, trying to increase the yield of diesel. So um, it kind of depends on what you're looking for to get out, you know, to get out of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're necessarily going to find a lot more different uses for it, but maybe find a way to increase different aspects of it, you know, to make more, like a higher percentage should go towards this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it's all in the chemistry, all in the technology, and um, I don't know, it's way over my head. I'll tell you that, <laughs> Ben. I'm 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 struggling to get through this one, I, and as most people will probably hear, but you know. It, that's because it's a lot of chemistry, and I'm more into the uh, you know what you do with the gas once it's once it's once out. it's in the car. Yeah, once you pump it in the yeah. car, I uh, I want to take a second and uh, head off any any uh, hate mail we get about fracking, uh, guys. It, it is an, an it is a controversial uh, method. There's no disputing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're mentioning it only to talk about cracking. So uh, please, <laughs> yeah, we're we're making the uh, not to give us death threats. Trying to make the the, uh, the distinction because I think a lot of people would hear what we we're saying and think we were saying fracking. So right, make sure. uh, fracking is in no way a part of the normal oil refining process. Correct, that is cracking with a C. Uh, we'd also like to thank Logan. And funny story with these emails, uh, or the email he sent us. Uh, Logan was writing about the uh, jet-powered stuff. Uh, Logan, I'm sorry we didn't have time to read all of the email on on the air, uh, but we really appreciate you writing in. I wanted to uh, point out just a, a couple of other... You know, he, uh, he put a lot of work into that. He did put a lot of work into it, and you know that you and I really uh, believe that 
hard work should be rewarded. So uh, I wanted to point out a couple of things here that he said uh, U.S. military JP-8, that fuel, is mm-hmm. actually very similar to pump diesel. It's green in color, has a flashpoint similar to diesel, and it fails most tests designed to run kerosene, funny enough. I prefer British jet fuel, he adds. Hmm. And uh, he said, thanks for keeping the podcast going. Uh, makes my Tuesday, Thursday drives home much better. And uh, so we want to give a big thank you to Logan. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade. At the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options see homedepot.com slash delivery for details the home depot how doers get more done get emotional with me Radhi devlukia in my new podcast a really good cry We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. And uh, we want to say to everyone, we would love to hear from you. If you want to write an email to us, when next time you're at the gas pump and you're thinking, holy smokes, the plastic parts of this pump are also made from crude oil. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a lot if you look around you. You'll find 
a lot of items that have been made from crude oil. So uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks again to Logan. If you feel like dropping us a line, please send us a note on our Facebook page. Give us a holler on Twitter or send an email to us directly at carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit Slack.com to get started. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.